everyone and welcome to this month's episode of the Great British Mickey Waffle. My name is Samantha, smiling Sammy on the dip, and I will be your host this week. You may have noticed that my accent is from north of the border, but don't worry as subtitles and translations can be provided for a minimal charge of $50. Yes, only $50. Um, and that totally won't go towards my future trips to Orlando. It will go straight into providing you with subtitles and translations. I promise. Of course, I'm not alone. The wafflers are here with me um, to make sure I don't slip too harshly into my Scottish slang. Um, Say hi, Ben, Becca, Jill, Peter, Claire and Lloyd. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi, guys. So um, one of our wafflers is missing out, but I'm sure John won't be bothered as he's soaking up the sun in Florida. Or is it the rain? Who knows? So if you've listened to our first few shows, we have been going through the wafflers as they tell us all about their personal ideal four-part challenges, with the rules being to ride a ride, see a show, meet a character, and have a munch in all four parks in one day. Today we have the last two instalments, so first up is Ben. So for my four-part challenge, I had a lot of thought whether to use time machines, lots of different ways, cutting corners, bending the rules. So um, I'm going to cheat a little bit by you i'm going to start off with hollywood studios um but i'm staying at boardwalk so a nice little walk around 20 minutes just early in the morning and hollywood studios will be doing early morning magic so i can get breakfast and go to toy story land so i'll join the ride for slinky and toy story mania like a bit of competition straight away Uh, my snack for hollywood studios will be the cookie num num um which is from the neighbourhood bakery in what was Pixar Place, but it's where Incredibles are at the moment. For meet and greet, we Kylo Ren at Launch Bay. If he's still there when Galaxy's Edge opens, I do not know whether he's going to move or not, but I'll be wearing my Kylo Ren t-shirt. As last time we were there, it was great interaction. Um, I'm going to stick around after the early morning magic and do the Frozen show, because who doesn't like a bit of Frozen? Frozen's not my favourite film, but we've seen the show and I just couldn't stop laughing all the way through it. So I'm going to get the bus um, once I finish at Hollywood Studios all the way to Animal Kingdom, where I'm going to use my fast pass. So there's only one ride that you need to fast pass at Animal Kingdom, I think, and that's going to be Flight of Passage. It's definitely worth planning for 60 days um, before on site to um, go for this ride. Uh, my snack, once I've been on Flight of Passage, will be Pandora and Sunrise from Satuli Canteen. It's a bit like it's melon Powerade with pineapple. It's really nice. It, it doesn't sound nice, but it tastes delicious. My meet and greet, once I finish in Pandora, will be Mickey and Minnie um, at the Adventurers Outpost, which you can't really do a day at Disney without seeing sort of Mickey and Minnie. going to wait around and see the show, which isn't far from Pandora, and it'll be the Lion King show. I know there's been a lot of discussion whether Lion King, Finding Nemo, which one's better. But for me, it's always the Lion King. There's just no no questions asked. Uh, once we finish Animal Kingdom, going to go to Epcot. Not going to be there long. It's not. It's a good. It's not really my favourite park, but I'm going to just jump on Test Track because it's just single rider. I could be on my own. I just go in, get it done, and then move on to eating food. So that will be getting the vanilla eclair from the patisserie. So who doesn't like sort of um, cakes, sandwiches, just anything from the patisserie is delicious. My meet and greet in Epcot would be Baymax. As we found out last time, he might not be there for much longer, but 
he will be there for this day. And once I finish there, I, my show will be Coco at Mexico Pavilion. It's getting really good reviews, and I haven't seen much um, sort of shows around Epcot that have appealed to me, but just Coco just sort of wins hands down. And this is where bending the rules comes in slightly. The day that I've chosen will be Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. So I can head over to Magic Kingdom. And the best thing about the Christmas party is it's a lot quieter than your average day. Um, I'll be heading straight for Big Thunder Mountain when it's dark and make sure in the back row for like one of the best rides, which I've only found out Paris is slightly better. Um, my snack, apart from eating all the cookies walking around um, the Christmas party, will be the Cheshire Cattail. Who doesn't like sort of flaky pastry covered in chocolate? And my meet and greet, as it's a Christmas party, will be Jack Skellington as Sandy Claus. It seems such a good sort of a different character you wouldn't normally meet on a day in a regular park day. And to finish the evening, the show must be Holiday Wishes, which I know has gone and isn't there. But for my four part challenge, it will be there. So what do you think? So I heard about cheating going on there, you know, with Holiday Wishes, Oh yeah. you know. Not not quite as bad as Claire was when she cheated, but you know, uh, There's nothing um, wrong with cheating. Do we want to instill in the world <laughs> cheating is okay? <laughs> in this situation, cheating is fine. Okay, okay, that makes it sound not, a lot. Not, none of the wafflers are in the education business anyway, so it's fine. You know, we're, we're not. Well, none are here. Not not touch no. <laughs> um. I have to disagree about uh, Festival of the Lion King, although oh. it is an amazing, amazing show. Um, Finding Nemo just picks it from you. I don't know why. I love a musical. I think Lion King is the only show that brings a tear to my eye. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's the only, sort of, apart from Holiday Wishes. Um, and Normal Wishes. And Normal Wishes. Well, no. Not, That's just me yeah. then. Holiday yeah, Wishes not, is definitely the best. Holiday wishes, yeah. It just steps up a notch. I, I'm looking forward to what Disney have got coming, but mm. I just would like them to. I'm just glad YouTube's there so I can watch it whenever I want. Yeah. Ben, wait, wait until you guys have a, a little boy one day, mm. and then you're watching Finding Nemo, and at the end, bye, Dad, bye, yeah. son. Oh. I mean, I don't even have a that kid. Will, that'll bring a tear to your eye, mate. <laughs> Like that finding Nemo always gets me. Although Festival of the Lion King does get me as well, it gets me emotional and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm a sucker for a musical. So I think it it's also it's our wedding song was Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Oh, it's another sort of thing like that. Okay. Oh. It was our last dance. Yeah. Oh. Presumably not the Timon and Pumbaa version. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I really hope it was. <laughs> Yeah. Please, Ben, please say it was that version. It wasn't, unfortunately. No. For, the, for the anniversary, like for the, yeah, when which, the vows or whatever it, it's called, like that version needs to be the one. Yeah. <laughs> when Phantom Manor was down at DLP, uh, at Christmas time, they had Skeleton Jack meeting and greeting in front of the manor, and he was really good. It was really worth it. He was very good, yeah. really yeah, I agree with the Kylo Ren meet. Like, that's a really fun meet for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Also on the same day, we um, walked around when I was wearing the Kylo Ren t-shirt, we got quite a few good interactions from Stormtroopers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I cool. can imagine. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Ben, for that four-part challenge. Uh, and last, but by no means least, we have Peter's four-part challenge. Hi. Well, since this is a fantasy challenge, I'm staying at the Grand Floridian. <laughs> Why not? Someone's got to. And you'll see why later. Like several wafflers have done, I'm starting by taking a bus to Animal Kingdom on an EMH day, of course. It's cooler in the mornings, and I like cool. For my first ride, I'm going to look at the elephant's bottoms on Kilimanjaro safaris. Okay, you don't just see elephants' behinds on Kilimanjaro safaris. You see zebras' behinds as well. Joking aside, you do get to see some great animals, and at this time of the morning, they are lively and, like me, enjoying the cool. First time I rode this, I got a brilliant shot of a baby giraffe just walking across the front. It was so cute. I have no set time for my my character meet and greet, because generally, you'll see this character around the park all the time. I'm going to meet Kevin. The brightly coloured bird from Up, if you remember. You can't miss her. Yes, it is a her. She's about a hundred foot tall. My show is a little bit of a cheat. It's tough to be a bug. This is actually really well done. Hopper is quite scary. And of course, you have to stay seated right to the very end. My food item will be a lion paw cookie because it's easy to eat whilst we're going to the net park. Let's jump on a bus to Magic Kingdom, through the gate, under the station, and into Main Street, USA. My show here is whichever version of the Main Street trolley show is on at that time. This is a nice little show that changes through the year. It's beautifully choreographed to fit in with the space, and it's fun. I love the way they just burst into song and dance in the middle of the street. I've never done that, honestly. Once we hit the hub, I'm going to go to Tomorrowland to ride the People Mover. It's probably getting hot by now and the People Mover is nice and cool. It's also a good chance to check out how the work is going on the Tron light cycle ride. It is also the only chance that Jill will ever have of seeing inside Space Mountain. Not there's as much to see, it's very dark. As I'm in Tomorrowland, I'm going to meet my favourite character, Experiment 626, a.k.a. Stitch! Love Stitch! He's wonderfully naughty and it's always a good meet. I always end up laughing my sides out when I meet him. It's getting near lunch now, so I'm going to go to Pecos Bill's Toll Tales Inn. Last time we ate here, it was burgers, more burgers with a bit of chicken. It's become a Tex-Mex eatery now, so... I want to see what's changed and, of course, raid the toppings bar. You've always got to do that. Time for another bus. And this time it's to Hollywood Studios. Having done Galaxy's Ed on a previous day, I'm heading to Municiburg. That's the place that you were talking about, Ben. To meet Edna Mode, darling. She's my favourite character from The Incredibles films and she looks fun. I won't be going to Pizza Rizzo for my food, as it's most likely closed. However, Baseline Tap House looks a good spot. 
I'll have a nice craft beer, or if there's time, maybe a beer flight. My ride, for my ride, I'll use the first fast pass of the day to drop in on Tower of Terror. Once I return from the Twilight Zone, I'll use my next pass for Beauty and the Beast. We've never managed to see this show. It means I can grab a good seat without queuing. If we have time, I'll journey to Tatooine and use my final fast pass on Star Tours. Then it's not a bus, but a friendship to take me to Epcot, arriving at International Gateway. Despite being one of my favourite parks, today I have a good reason not to linger. So I'll head into France and get a nice piece of classic patisserie, possibly bumping into Ben on the way. <laughs> from the boulangerie and to watch Impressions de France. As I'm at the French pavilion, I'll ride Ratatouille to see how it compares to the Disneyland version. And then, like Ben, I'm off to Future World to fist bump Baymax and say, Badladladla. Finally, straight out the front gate and onto the monorail, back to the Grand Floridian. I've just got time for a quick shower and get changed before I have dinner at Victoria and Albert's. Heck, it's a fantasy challenge, so why not? Having eaten there before when we celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary, I would just love to go back and maybe do the chef's table. The food is exquisite. Yeah, it's a little pricey, but what the heck? The ambience is beautiful, the service is attentive, even if it's a bit over the top sometime, and it's a perfect way to relax after an exhausting day. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was my four-part challenge. Any comments, guys? Which bank are you going to rob? <laughs> <laughs> did, did anyone see the, uh, the Tim Tracker um, video where they went to Victoria and Alberts recently? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What, was the total around $700? Is that right in my memory? They had wine pairings as well, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So you could probably bring it down, what, what do you reckon, had, $300? We had a single bottle of wine. Right. Uh, and we had the, not the cheapest bottle, but one of the cheaper end. And back in, I think it was 2010? Yeah. It ended up about $500? Yeah, a bit less, I think. A bit less. Yeah. Right. But it's worth it. The food is exquisite. It, yes, it's a treat. Yeah, obviously. But, but the sommelier um, waters our wine as though we were bringing the $1,000 wine. She was, the service was that good. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's about, isn't it? That's what kind of what you're paying for. Yeah. The, you know, the, the food, but also the service has got to be spot um, on. Live music, there was a harpist playing Disney tunes and Christmas tunes and for some reason the theme from MASH in the middle of our dinner but you know whatever <laughs> I suppose I like food but I don't I still just can't get over the price I'd love to do it but I just yeah it's just too expensive I think I'd rather spend I don't know the same amount of money on doing a few different signatures to get a few different varied sort of options but it's would you say the, the the experience combined with the memory of having done it it, it was is worth the five hundred dollars? I would, I'm, but I'm very much a foodie. Uh, I'm a chef and I'm a foodie, so so yeah, I love my food and I like being in nice restaurants. We find that when we go to Disney, we relax by sitting down in the table service restaurant. We. Uh, we yeah. don't sit by the pool. 
<laughs> we relax by sitting down in a civil service restaurant. So, yeah, yeah it's perfect for us. Yeah. Everybody's going to be different. I have a question. Does it do nuggets? <laughs> I'm sure they would. They would probably call them something French, but yeah, they probably just be it. For $150. Yeah. Like, yeah. They better be the best nuggets I've ever had. <laughs> and I've had the spicy McNuggets from McDonald's. So. Yeah. <laughs> Are they good? They were actually pretty decent. Very good. They weren't like super amazing, but like they, they, were, they were nice. They were nice. Are we looking okay, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Peter. And that is all our Wafflers four-part challenges done. Um, we would like to know um, what the listeners think and what their four-part challenge would be. So let us know on the deb, let us know on social media. Um, yeah, we would like to hear from you guys. So I need to tell you all something completely shocking. Ben and Becca just got back from their first ever trip to Disneyland Paris. Now this is a different fandom, but shame. I'm ringing the I'm ringing the bell of shame. There <laughs> 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 <You> guys. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very interested to hear all about you guys' trip and your first impressions of Disneyland Paris. So guys, what did you think? We got back yesterday, or 10 o'clock last night, after the long Eurostar trip via Lille back. Um, DLP, to sum it up, was was really good. I'd definitely visit again. Um, it's not Orlando. I think the, everyone compares it with Orlando and other Disney parks, and you can't go into it. We're quite lucky that we've been to Orlando several times, but we looked at this trip as completely different. So we were only there for one night, so we just fit in what we wanted to go and do. So we wrote down a few sort of things of what we wanted, and um, yeah, it was it was it was really good. So I think you guys went into it with a really good mindset, um, by not trying not to compare it because it is incomparable in a way, um, to yeah. Orlando. Um, but what are some things that you really enjoyed about? Disneyland Paris, um, not particularly in comparison to Orlando, but if you want to make a comparison, that's cool. Um, Big Thunder Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a really amazing ride. Really loved the Big Thunder Mountain. And I love the Orlando version. This was even better. So now I'm slightly worried about when we go that the Orlando version is going to be a disappointment. But I'm sure it won't be. We managed to do it four times. And only one of them was using the fast pass. Wow. Well done. Did you well, do it in the dark? Yes. Once yes. in the yeah. dark. The first time we did it was in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Phantom Manor, the theming of Phantom Manor is really good. Really amazing. I love the story behind it. I think the only downside of Phantom Manor was in, this is doing a comparison, but with Haunted Mansion you get the audio commentary and it mm-hmm. gives it a slightly different feel when you don't have that. Um, in Phantom Manor, but it's still 
really good story. It was nice to have something different. So it's not like a carbon copy from each park, um, each from Orlando to Paris. It's just nice in, in that way. Mickey and the Magician was really good. And the Rhythm of the Pride Lands was amazing. The acrobatics on that and the singing and the dancing, the whole show put together was just phenomenal. The amount of effort that I think has gone into it, especially for something that's only around a few months, I think it shows that Disney are really committed to Disneyland Paris, which previously doesn't seem to be the case, especially when you look at how Studios is. That was always financial problems with the company before Disney bought yeah. it, yeah. of which I was a shareholder. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult to go into, but yes, Disney now can put more money in it because they own it. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Hence why I've announced Marvel, Frozen, Star Wars, and yeah. Big Lake. It's going to make a huge difference. What did you think of Ratatouille? Overhyped. <laughs> yes! Yes! I certainly yes. wouldn't wait in the 55 minute queue for it. We did single rider, and we ended minutes. up sitting next to each other as well, which was good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I wouldn't. Half an hour, if it would be the very most I'd. I'm hoping when they copy it to Orlando, it's going to be different because I don't think I'll rush to it. I I completely agree, and no one else seems to agree with me, and I'm so happy you guys agree with me. I feel like there's, I, I think it's because we've been to Orlando and we've done things like Flight of Passage, which are immersive, amazing. Ratatouille's a few years old now. I'm just, I don't know whether there's just something. I liked it, good 3D, it was good, but it didn't seem unique. Ratatouille seems to use the, um, kind of stock universal um, structure for rides, doesn't it? With the 3D and the vehicle and the, you move from room to room and another 3D thing. And it doesn't seem to have this just as impressive as a, a theme. It's a slightly really. different thing with um, Ratatouille. It's a, as I think in Tokyo with the, is it the, yeah. one, it uses the same technology. Right. So there is a lot they could do with it. I think it's um, just maybe... I don't know. It just it didn't wow me. I just you know how geeky you know how geeky I am about ride technology and engineering. It uses the same mechanism as Mystic Manor, yeah. um, and actually I've noticed the difference from when it first opened to now. It feels much clunkier than when it first opened. When it first opened, it felt like you were just gliding across the floor, um, and actually I think the, the ride technology has worn quite a lot over the last couple of years. Um, I still think it's a good ride, but I'm with you, Ben, actually. I think when it's in Paris, uh, in uh, Epcot, I think the queues are going to be enormous and I probably wouldn't wait. No. I think that I've read somewhere that they've had problems with subsidence and they've been waiting to close it and sort that out, so that could be why. Mm. Uh, but for me, I, what I like is, is the trackless system so that every time you go, you see something different. And I've done it dozens of times now, and I spot little different jokes and little different things happening every time. Sometimes the heat of the oven above your head is much more than others. Sometimes you get hit in the face with the cork spray. Sometimes you don't. It's a different ride every time, which I like. Is that what trackless sort of dictates? I, I, I assumed because it was using magnets or something, is it? On the floor, yeah, it absolutely. would still be a, yeah. a pretty predictable path. But if it's trackless, have you got parameters and you, you kind of move left and right of that to a certain degree? So it has three vehicles in each each set that moves, and each of those vehicles moves on a different path. 
So right. depending which which order you load depends which track track are using inverted commas trackless track you actually end up on. So if you always ride the middle car, you will always get the same experience. Okay. Um, but if you, most people aren't repeat riders, so they'll go once, maybe maybe twice, so they'll get two different experiences. Um, so, but each each car takes a slightly different route through the ride. What's the benefit then, apart from it being smooth, than just having three tracks? Just just space, a, just emerging technology, advancing technology, or yeah, I think space as well because the the cars travel one behind each other at different points and then beside each other. Um, it's quite okay. hard to explain, but I I think it it really works well. But in Paris, I, as I say, I think I've noticed it wearing quite a lot. It may just be because it's been used an awful lot because there isn't a lot else in the, the studio's park. So it's getting a lot of foot traffic. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it, the first time I went on it, I was blown away by the technology. I was like, this is amazing. Um, it wears quite quickly, though. Yeah. I'm glad we did it, but it's not one that I'd rush to again. But I like the use of the technology. Because I think mm. it could be something that could be applied to a lot of other rides and how technology has moved on. I think having like un- unique sort of cars that you're in that can react differently and independently, I think, because they're going to use it in Rise of the Resistance. That's going to be a track. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. That's going to be good how that works. For future, with the trackless technology, you are able to have a more random ride. You can pick the cars can randomly pick which one they're going to, and that happens more oh, cool. in Pooh's Honey Hunt than it yeah. does Ratatouille. It doesn't happen in Ratatouille at all, because no. I've ridden multiple times on all three bits, yeah. and yeah. it's the same. I think they're good, and they could apply to future rides. Mm. So it's I know we always say about Universal always going 3D and having like the same sort of tracks and everything, that they just sort of give it a paint job. I know we don't like that idea, but Disney are probably going to use that in future. To be fair, Disney don't have many rides like that. No. So it would be nice to have just a different theme. Yeah. So um, the trackless ride is like super awesome technology. SeaWorld actually, I think they were the second people to use it. They have it um, on their ride, the Penguin. Penguin one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they have trackless technology as well. So um, it's something that more people are using. It's not really like a big thing anymore. Like it is kind of getting widely, widely used. So yeah. Ratatouille is infinitely better than the penguin. I disagree. <laughs> I have never done the penguin one, so I can't compare. Similar, but it's a track, but it's still 3D and changing room to room. Also, it'll say Spider-Man: Islands of Adventure. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a different concept of a ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not as family friendly, Spider-Man and Transformers, compared to Ratatouille. I think no. it's just that next level down. It's... Also, the track the cars can't cross one another in no. in the way that a trackless ride does. No. And and also you can make the car I believe the new Tokyo Beauty and the Beast is having the cars dancing in the ballroom oh. and having them dance around each other. That'll be quite cool. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I um, gather so- you um, spent quite a bit of time in one particular ride, not necessarily because you planned it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we wanted to test out the gimbal. Hello, on, everyone. Which was good. 
Um, we've got some good footage, especially of Small World, as we've stuck on it for 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 40 minutes. It didn't help that we were in the last car to be evacuated. It's a boat. Oh, that's great. Oh. You should have uh, Ross and Rachel'd it. <laughs> if you what can remember the... There's a little story in Friends from when he got stuck on uh, It's a Small World. Oh, okay, right. I remember, uh, yeah. Friends a bit. <laughs> Friends was a was a TV show in the um, Sammy 90s. in the when was it nineties? So yeah, guess what? I've got the box sex. How do you know about it? She's too tell young. You, tell you about it. Did Donnie tell you about it? I've got the Friends box sex. How right, okay. We have been in front of the outside building shots for the outside building of Friends. That's I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> I was really confused. Some sort of confused of friends. Yeah. In New York. That, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, I thought same. you meant small world. I was thinking we probably all have. <laughs> but we've been evacuated from it. Yeah. So you evacuated off backstage? Yes, we yeah. were. Yeah. No pictures yeah. were allowed. No. Why don't you hold not. your phone discreetly? <laughs> now, but it was in a gimbal. Yeah, so it was good. We'd never been broken down on a ride before. So of all the time, we'd never we'd been stuck on a ride, but never to the point where we had to get off. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It was good. So it was. Have other people been evacuated from rides? No, no. See, my brother got evacuated from Test Track once. Ooh, that's a cool one. In which section? No idea. Um, I think it was. Did he just hold hands out as he's whizzing past, saying, grab on? (laughs) (laughs) Dan and I were evacuated from Splash Mountain. So we got, um, we were in our log uh, just before the lift hill to the final drop. Okay. And we ended up being, well, we were sat there for about 45 minutes one evening uh, with those vultures just (laughs) continuing to go. Um, I was ready to kill them if they hadn't been animatronic. Not in a log flume, Lloyd. Um, but we had we were evacuated off through the scenery uh, and around backstage. That was quite cool. cool. It's all bouncy and springy. It's made from plastic and rubber. Who would know? The worst thing was they turned the music off of Small World. So all you hear That's is the like best thing, so- Ben. That's not the announcement of them saying it is broken, all of this, but in several different languages, followed by over and over again, followed by when they turn that off completely, and all you get is like you just hear things moving, and it's just the mechanisms of like everything, and it's (laughs) completely creepy. How weird. Yeah, that would be weird. So, did you have to walk through the scenery? Did you have to? Which country Um, did you get evacuated through? I can't remember. Uh, it was the second been, one. We were barely on the yeah. ride at all. It was like we were uh, on, on the ride for about two, yeah, two minutes. Okay. So it'd be somewhere in Europe, anyway. <laughs> yeah, somewhere yeah. yeah. Over the Alps. Was it France? If DLP ever decides to do its very own version of Halloween Horror Nights, then surely well, that would be si- it. Silent It's a Small World is probably a really good um, idea for a scare zone. You can definitely tell the difference how CMs interact with you from oh my God, yeah. and, exactly. and Paris and it really just it brings the park down They're totally I, think, I think the problem is or what what we experienced was the lack of them where in Orlando 
they are everywhere from like um every, any place you go so yeah the only place we saw cms were ride entrances and sort of stalls where you can and buy food the loading areas and the load and yeah and that was it you should, uh, should check the smoking area ben I think part of the problem is in France, it isn't usual custom no. to just go up and randomly talk to people. Like, you know, if you see a, a cast member in Walt Disney World and you smile at them, they will strike up a conversation. Yeah. That is part of what they do. Um, in Paris, that just isn't a thing. It's, in Paris, if it's you not... smile at them, they growl at you. <laughs> exactly. So no, there isn't that interaction true. because if you go and start a conversation, they'll join in, yeah. but they won't initiate. Um, yeah. And that that's a cultural thing across Europe. Yeah. So I'm it's just different. I think they're generally really, quite friendly. To me, it felt more of a security thing. Most European people think that's fake and tacky and just don't want it. Yeah. Uh, it is, but we love it. Yeah. Whereas if you actually go up to somebody to a CM, I mean, we we spotted somebody on Dumbo one time, and she had this massive red hair, and we asked her if she was a friend of Merida, and she said, "Oh no, but I'd love to meet her," and and we had a really good talk. So you know, if you start the conversation, particularly if you start with bonjour, they absolutely blossom. Yeah, I I don't know. We I don't think we encounter. We only had encounters with one CM that was the opposite of everyone else it was was it in the queue for big thunder mountain and she was getting everyone to put their hands up as you and go yee-hard just as they were and but that was the only sort of good thing i know we're only there sort of a couple of days but um it just didn't feel as sort of warm and friendly as everywhere else the other the other reason why there aren't that many cast members is because cast members are more expensive in Paris than they are yeah. in America. Absolutely. Staff is is a massive cost in Paris for Disneyland Paris. Mm. Massive cost. I, I think they just need to put a smile Although, on occasionally. Actually, you say that. The cast members that were doing Rhythm of the Pride Lands were amazing. Yeah, that's true. They really got the crowd going. Was that the, um, the cast members who were sort of crowd control? Yes. yes. Oh. Was it a chap called Raphael, by any chance? Um, I didn't see the name. Didn't see the name. There's a guy who tends to hang out in the hub um, oh. or on Main Street who's really well known on Instagram called Raphael. Um, and he he's got a red is... mask around his eyes. Not a Disney park. The boy's on it tonight. I know. Um, and Raphael is amazing. He is incredible. Pirates and Princesses um, Parade, he had a whole dance routine worked out for the kids. Um, and so there are some really, uh, some cast members who are really quite well known on social media. Um, and Disneyland Paris encourages that. So I think that, you know, there are people about that make it their business to be publicly um, excitable and happy. I think it's a shame there doesn't seem as many of them as I know Orlando. We seem everyone you meet, everyone. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is over the top in America. But I think it just needs a little bit more of an injection boost. In so I think there's a middle ground because sometimes yeah. in America it can be a bit nauseating, can't yeah. it? Yeah, um, especially after takes. You know, there's the difference between that and the Paris. You know, that you kind of get. Yeah. 
especially when you've got a lot of people that are going for the first time as well. It was just like our first impression. It what, that was probably the only down, real downside we had. Because I mean, most of them, the cast members that you speak to are, yeah, they're lovely. They're just not a lot of them, unless they're in a specific place doing a specific thing. They don't, not really wandering around, kind no. of. No. Crowd. I think, you're, I think that's fair. That's right. Yeah. yeah. How was the hotel? The hotel was nice. Yeah. The bed was a tad on the firm side for our liking, <laughs> but it was perfectly comfortable. What did you think of the theming? The theming was amazing. Yeah. Well, first of all, tell us where you were. We were at the um, Hotel Cheyenne. Hotel, yeah, cool. Disney Express um, luggage, brilliant. It was perfect. It's it was worth great. it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's definitely worth the $30. Euros. Euros. <laughs> yeah, I kept doing this as well while we were out there. Everything I know the exchange rate isn't that different anymore, but one, isn't it? Pretty much. In Florida, it takes like two weeks to say dollars instead of pounds. When we were in Paris, all she was saying was dollars. <laughs> I think this to be a good thing. Yeah, that's all right. When we in November, we'd be saying euros. Yeah. How far were you from the parks then in Hotel in Cheyenne? Fifteen-minute walk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and our room was right near the um, bridge. bridge. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Over. Which that building means, are you in? That means nothing to me. We're running, We're running there. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So in terms so, of, for, for, for someone who doesn't really know the layout, um, so there's Hotel Cheyenne and the other hotels, are they around a, something like a lagoon or just... How is it all structured? So you have Disneyland Park and Walt Disney Studios. Then you have Disney Village. If you walk through the Disney Village, you get to kind of a lake. The Hotel New York is one side under refurbishment. And Newport is the kind of opposite where Hotel New York is on the lake, if that makes sense. You walk around past Hotel New York, you get to Sequoia. You walk round past Sequoia, down the little river bend, there's Santa Fe on the right, right and Cheyenne oh. on the left. So, so it's almost a it's little sort of plot of yeah. Disneyland, so to speak. Right, it okay. feels like the yeah. walk from um, Boardwalk to Hollywood Studios. That's right, yeah. Okay. It's it, a long exactly. river. And it's, yeah. oh, the cool. only hotel that's different, Lloyd, is the uh, Davy Crockett Ranch. And that is about a 10 minute drive away and you have to have your right. own car. There's no right. buses. There's no taxis Seriously? allowed on site. Right. So it's a self-drive property only. Wow. Um, but it's really cool, actually, because you stay in a cabin um, and there are two bedrooms, two bathrooms, a kitchen, oh. a lounge. And so for a family, it works really well. Yeah. If you've flown yeah. in or you've got the Eurostar, it's just no, not accessible no. at all. Okay. Illuminations, I thought was interesting. Wasn't my favourite nighttime spectacular that I've seen. Um, and from doing a bit of reading up on the internet earlier, that it is a copy from Shanghai that it feels like they've just squashed to fit onto the castle. And you can tell in places yeah. that they've squashed it. And the other downside was a lot of people around with children on shoulders sort of like fighting not fighting for space yeah. but just trying to block the castle from anyone don't, don't encroach onto the next feature 
<laughs> but interestingly, well, Ben, I would I would agree with you completely. How did you find the crowd control during illuminations? Because I I won't watch it now in Paris. I hate it because I find the crowd control completely absent. We didn't um, waited five minutes. We only arrived five yes. minutes towards the. Um, we went and got the beignets from. I can't remember what it was called. Cafe. Um, the one next to the ice yeah. cream parlor. Okay, yeah, Victoria's. Yeah. And I just, I just find it crazy. It's, it's no. um, fairly uncontrolled every time I've well, been there. Yeah, I agree with you there. There was no, again, no cast member presence. Mm-hmm. Which leads to kind of. Which is the opposite of Jungle Jive, where there was yeah, lots when of there was cast, yeah, yeah. cast members. Cast member they just need to have the same amount of cast members all throughout the day. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Actually, they probably don't. They probably don't um, spread their uh, staffing very well across the the time period. No, I, I think as soon as studios closes at eight o'clock, I think they've only got like very sort of little staff on, because um, I'm wondering that's how they do their shifts. So. Yeah, and double the guests in the Disneyland park. Yeah, I have to say it's it's really annoying because Dreams, the previous show, was the first of these castle projection type shows I mean we originated that and Dreams was pretty darn near perfect yeah, we now sent, sent it over to America and everywhere else and what have we got? Yeah we've got Eliminations which is just not nearly as good Dreams was supposed to last 10 years wasn't it from what I was reading earlier that the original plan of it was to go on and be adapted and changed mm. um, but they've just sort of cut it short for was it the yeah. 25th and just put this in its place mm. which I think it's a shame I think Disneyland Paris deserves its own unique nighttime show yeah and it's a shame that it doesn't have that mm. I'd happily have them have wishes but yeah yeah that would work really well actually on that yeah. that castle I don't. I don't think that castle needs projections. The castle looks pretty. It's ma- I love the castle. And um, my only sort of issue I did find when we walked into um, the park, why is there a gazebo right in your, the way of viewing of the castle? There's this little white gazebo as you walk through, and you can't see the castle. You have to sort of duck left or duck right, and it just doesn't the make. Fan stand. Yeah. Yeah, that's the. And you can't see through it because everybody's doesn't... on it taking pictures of the castle. And it just ruins it, I think. But it's a popular meet and greet spot as well. You get lots of meet and greets on there. Yeah, it, it just, I think, from my opinion, it did just detracts as soon as you walk in. You want to see the castle and be wowed by it. It's like you walk through just before you get to Disneyland Hotel, which looks amazing. Mm. And it's the perfect way to enter the park. But then it just feels like they just need to just remove the bandstand so you can see the castle. It's it's like they're blind to things like this because Mickey's stupid sorcerer hat and MGM, well, sorry, Hollywood Studios for however many years blocking a Chinese theatre. It's as if they can't see what's going on. Okay, I like the hat. Did you? Seriously. And it was off, uh, it was, it was on our honey, honeymoon. That's all we, need. we didn't realise about the theatre. Can't keep using that excuse, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> can't keep bringing everything back to it was on our wedding day, it was on our honeymoon. <laughs> Can't give it any more, any, any oh, more plausibility. Okay. Do you know what is the, the Chinese theatre though? Entering well, at the point we never knew it was that. We knew that was like the there great go, yeah, there was a, a point actually. Hat in the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh look at the hat. 
But yeah, they didn't register that actually what you were supposed to be seeing was the pretty building behind the hat. You just thought you were supposed to be seeing the hat. Like you're supposed to see Spaceship Earth and you're supposed to see the Tree of Life and Cinderella's Castle. But yeah, I think Paris as a whole, Disneyland Park, 9 out of 10. There's there's not that much I think needs to change. I think there's a lot there that I need to spend two, three days going around on its own. I think there's lots of places that it is not as nice as Magic Kingdom, but it's the closest thing to it. Um, but studios, I want to just bulldoze the lot. It needs to be TLC. Yeah, it, it feels like there's no Disney magic in it. It doesn't feel Disney to me. Did you get on crush? We no. wanted to. But every time it would either went, it went tech several times um, and 100 plus minute queues all the time. Yeah, that's normal. See, if you'd been on Crush, you wouldn't feel like that about the studios. <laughs> uh, yeah, pro- maybe. Possibly. We didn't want to queue that long for a ride that we didn't know much about. It was more, we didn't want to wait in that length of queue when we didn't have that long. No, I box. It wasn't but, it didn't feel too busy for mid August either. So yeah. we were I was very impressed with how sort of quiet it felt. But the Ratatouille area looks lovely. Yeah. But, and then you walk round to the Twistery Playland and the paint's starting to peel off in places and it just looks a bit unloved. Slinky's good though. Slinky's good. Needs to be a bit longer, but it's good. <laughs> It's is, a bit is it a carbon copy of Orlando? Yeah. No, 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 like no. Orlando. Oh, isn't it? Uh, all three of the rides are different. Yes. I lost my hat on Slinky. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my hat on Slinky Duck. <laughs> probably hanging on his tail. <laughs> yeah, I think the injection of Frozen, Marvel and Star Wars is very needed for that part. Yeah. Because hopefully once they're all open, they will then... Close down Twistery Land and give it that look of paint that it needs. The problem with studios is it was thrown up very quickly because they needed to have the second part that they promised. Yeah. That's a problem with it. And now, basically, since Disney's taken over, they now have the money to do something with it that it deserves. Uh, Previously, Euro Disney SCA was really starved of money. So they did the best they could. Yeah. yeah, it's good because, but I do feel like it's just there to just drag people away from Disneyland Park, just <laughs> to keep the crowd under. It just feels that's sort of what it's for. But it's nice that there is Ratatouille. It's nice there's a few more unique attractions there, which it is which is. It does good. kind of feel like the poor man's cousin of Hollywood Studios in places. Agreed, agreed. And I think when Disney Village gets its uh, facelift, that will be well deserved oh, yes. as well. Yeah, it's that's the other thing. Like, yeah. yeah. It does feel like Pleasure feel Island. Like pe- pictures of Pleasure Island from the 90s. It is exactly. It's, it's like 90s, Phil. It's, yes. um, and I know for some people that doesn't seem so long ago. But it <laughs> I hope you were directly referencing me. <laughs> Which park is uh, the Pride Land? The Festival of the Pride Land, is it? or Disneyland Park. Yeah. So I don't understand why they, they could have just thrown something together, a, a good theatre in about a few weeks, and they could have drawn crowds over, because it sounds like it's a very, very good show. It is So I don't know why show. they didn't throw that over to studios, maybe. The Festival of the Lion King, the Festival of the Jungle and the, whatever it's called. 
festival thing. Yeah. The festival that's on at the moment is in Disneyland Park, and it's matching the theme of the festival, which is basically right. Jungle and Lion King. Yeah. It, it just it sounds like such a, a crowd drawer that they yeah. could have built something in studios just to fill a little bit of a void until but they start putting in these studios. Studios has Mickey and the Magician show, which is superb. What does that entail as well? I remember Ben saying that in. Um... Yeah, that, that, we we enjoyed that. That was very good. Um, we were quite lucky. Since we got our tickets and dropped our bag off, and um, we went and used the Mastercard um, sort of VIP ticket. So we just queued up at um, Studio Services and mm-hmm. um, asked what was available, and they said you've got Mickey Magician and you've got 20 minutes to get there. Hopefully you can get them. <laughs> So, so we we run over there and yeah we were seated and we just in the, in the front and it was it was really good. It was a good show, good con. And you know you then understood why I said try and get that front front section. Love yes. the Lion King bit. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's yeah. really clever and uh, lots of fun. Thanks guys for letting us know about your trip. Um, quick answer: Will you be back? Or will you not be back? We'll be going we'll be back. back. Ooh, no, I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come to the French side. It's like Orlando. It's never a once in a lifetime. Awesome. It's nothing like Orlando. <laughs> no. no, it's a bit colder, but other than that, it's still <laughs> a bit of Disney magic when we can't get to Florida. So it's Disney, and it was you haven't got the climate, and it's not Orlando. But did you honestly feel the Disney magic while you were there? Yeah. In of Disneyland course. Park, more than Walt Dis- in Walt Disney Studios. Oh, when, when I was watching Mickey and the Magician. Yes, as soon as we within within the park within half an hour, I felt at home. That's that's my biggest fear. That's my biggest thing about spending the money to go over and taking the kids and yeah, forget about them. Like if I don't feel the magic, it's it's not the same. And I'm thinking, well, I've brought them over. I might as well take them to Alton Towers. There are parts of it when you look at it and go, like we've said about the cast members and not being around, like what you'd think of Orlando, and it's all about the experience. But there are some parts of it is like when we went on Big Thunder Mountain, and we, we sort of, oh, it's going to be the same as it is in Orlando, no, but completely different. different. Just It just felt... Disneyland Park is similar enough to Magic Kingdom in parts that you feel like you're there, but you know that you're not, if that makes sense. Right. So yeah, the placement of the Emporium is exactly the same. Same with Casey's Corner. There's an ice cream parlour exactly opposite Casey's Corner, but you walk around the corner and instead of Crystal Palace being there, it's Frontierland. So there's enough similarities that you still feel that magic, but enough differences to know that you're not there. It's a European-style magic as well, not an American-style magic. I think nobody's mentioned that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Disneyland Park has many more flowers. It's much greener. It is a nicer-looking park Mm -hmm. than... Magic Kingdom. Uh, like, like a Royale with cheese, if you're thinking yeah. of a <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of exactly. comparison pulp fiction style. I think yeah. I think you need to try it at least once. Um, if you don't like it, you don't need to go back. Like me, I won't go back until all the Arendelle and, and everything, all, like it's totally refurbed. I don't feel the need to go right. back. But you need to go at least once. I still need convincing. Ben, yeah. The other thing to say is when you go back, it's worth investing a few euros in the Disneyland Park tour 
because it's yes. it's not backstage, but it is really good. It's about two. Well, it's meant to be like two hours. Also, is about three and a half. Um, and they explain why the park was built the way it's built. Okay. Um, and it it gives you that insight in if you how much if you know Magic Kingdom really well. Mm. Actually, it's really interesting because you find out how different it is. <laughs> so that's my top tip. Sammy has two questions. Do they have nuggets, and how much it is? <laughs> we uh, when we did the tour, um, you get a special badge for doing the tour, but we also got a special place to stand for the parade as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was a really good spot. Morning. If there's any little ears that are listening, um, you might want to cover them <laughs> as there's going to be some chat that may spoil a little bit of the magic. We all know that Disney is the happiest and most magical place on earth, but there's always room for improvement. Something that we at the Great British Mickey Waffle love to talk about are pet peeves. Those little things that we find strange or that get under our skin. It's also a hot topic often on the dib, so I'm going to kick it off with one at the very top of my list, which is flash photography. Now, (laughs) people that take flash pictures on rides and shows are the bane of my life. (laughs) They are the bane of my life. They make me so mad. (laughs) Like, so mad. Does anyone else feel the same? Yeah. Yeah. Particularly when they're told not to. Oh my god, it's like, yeah, like they do it and then there's an announcement that says no flash photography and then they just continue to do it. It's like on Haunted Mansion. We've had it several times yes. where they've had to make the announcement. Oh. Well, someone did it yesterday on Phantom Manor. They took a photo of flash photography. Somebody actually shouted at them in French, no flash photography. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't, I can't deal with it. I, yeah, that. It's something that really gets me to my core. Um, it's not a difficult rule. Um, yeah. The only thing I can understand if there is quite a huge language barrier, if, say, you're visiting an international park, whether um, you ignore the signs, but maybe it's something you don't know. I don't know. That's the only thing I think. There's not really much of a defence for it. <laughs> sometimes they, they use the flash though and it's it's taking a photo of something that's using a special effect so taking a flash negates the whole special effect yeah like some of the backlit um animatronics these days or haunted mansion or something like that and it's like yeah if, they can't even see what they're take, taking a photo yeah. of it's just a blank photo if you take a flash picture in a dark room your picture is going to be horrific like yeah. it's going to be unusable <laughs> like so yeah. why are you doing it why and it's it's even worse when it shows because those performers are getting flashes in their face and it's just so rude in rhythm of pride land yesterday we did yeah there was a couple of flashes and it's yeah the cms were great they went up and they just sort of told them while the show was happening Mm. but it's just how many times during the sort of introduction 
do not use flash photography, live performers um, can affect on stage and all of this, but they still seem to ignore it. Yeah. I think one of the problems is with automatic cameras these days, it just automatically flashes. You have to remember to actually physically turn it off. Mm. And I just think people just just don't bother. I think if you're tech savvy enough to use a camera, you should be tech savvy enough to know how to turn your flash off. Yeah. I mean, yes, accidents do happen and yep. sometimes you might not realise or it changes the setting automatically or something. But, it, but as long as after that first one you realise and then you turn it off, it's when they do it repeatedly. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's mine. Let's not dwell. Who's next? <laughs> I'm next. Mine is a bit of a specific one. Um, it's about food and wine festival in Epcot. I am by no means teetotal, but I'm not a big drinker. Two glasses of wine and I just fall asleep. It's really boring. And also, I don't drink much alcohol in hot weather. So while the occasional grey goose slushy is not out of the question, I do prefer to concentrate on the non-alcoholic options in WDW. Now, last time we visited in 2014, we spent a day at the Food and Wine Festival and we shared dishes from all the different booths. And lots of the booths had speciality drinks, interesting beers, cocktails, wines. But most often the non-alcoholic options were Coke or Minute Maid Lemonade. I mean, that was it. So I had a look at this year's menu to see if they've improved. Well, Apple Seed Orchard has got a frozen apple pie, which looks more like a dessert. China has got mango bubble tea. Okay. Chocolate Studio has Twining's Pumpkin Spice Chai Tea and Chocolate Shake, which, yeah, not for me. Earth Eats has several flavours of kombucha, which I am not even going to attempt to pronounce, never mind drink. And India's got a mango lassi. Well, that's five booths. Five drinks out of, what, 30 booths at the festival? And it's particularly strange when you consider that there's a lot of non-drinkers at the festival, either because they're not old enough, no, don't forget the age limit in America is higher than here, or they're driving, or they just don't want to end the evening by falling into the lagoon. So, you know, you would think that Epcot would take the opportunity to have some of the famous drinks, soft drinks that are from the different countries. I mean, now that Club Cool's closed, where are they going to put the Beverly? Stick it in the Italy booth, you know? So, you know, come on, Disney, do your bit for the non-boozers. And give us something interesting to taste. I totally agree. They definitely don't have enough speciality drinks that aren't alcoholic. Um, and I don't really drink a lot of alcohol, and I especially wouldn't drink alcohol in a hot country during the day. And, yeah, another thing, like a lot of their drinks that aren't alcoholic, are usually like slushies, and I hate slushies. <laughs> <laughs> I think the things Epcot's got the name now for Food and Wine Festival, that it does seem to attract a lot of people just for the alcohol. And they need to cater for everyone, because that's what Disney's about, if I'm right. And I think they water and Minute Maid, yeah, it's nice to, or when you need it, but it's having a mixture. And I think it's just too much alcohol, not enough soft drinks. Mm. I, th- I think the uh, the mocktail is on the rise in Disney at the moment. Maybe I- I've seen it definitely on restu- restaurant uh, wine lists and things. 
Um, and certainly Epcot as well, but not necessarily on the food and wine sort of uh, stance. Mm. But uh, I think that's something that we'll see emerging, definitely. Hasn't Epcot always been known for its boots? <laughs> Drinking around the lake and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it has, yeah. yeah. And to be slightly devil's added. It is called the Food and Wine Festival, not the Food and Drink <laughs> Festival. <laughs> so maybe a lot of alcoholic beverages is to be expected. I mean, it is a shame that they don't have more. I'd like more. I don't drink much either. On a financial note, you can sell an alcoholic beverage for much more than you can sell a non-alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Um, that probably has quite a lot to do with it. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Well, I don't know. Some, some of these mocktails are eight, nine, ten dollars. Mm. Yeah. They've only got a bit of grenadine, orange, they bit taste slushy. Awful. But they're still charging a lot for them and making a big markup on them. The markup is very big on a soft drink anyway. Mm, yeah. Focus yeah. on That's why I drink it. booze. <laughs> <laughs> sure, clear. That's the reason. If I'm spending that sort of money, it's not going to be on a Coke. You may as well have been drunk. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Oh, just give me some tap water and I'm happy. Yeah, big chlorine water. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah. free, free ice water. I'm good. This is it. Or a Beverly. I like the idea of sitting in Italy, though. Definitely a good yes. idea. Mm. Yeah, like I think at least maybe half of them should have a signature mocktail or a signature non-alcoholic drink. That would be quite cool. Mm. I can't see why they can't have one and one. Why mm. can't they have a speciality alcohol drink and a speciality non-alcohol drink? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't they put Coke freestyle machines at every booth? And just choose them on the screen what you want. It could be alcohol, it could be... Then you've got your option. <laughs> because that would lose them a lot of money. No, they charge for an unlimited cup. It's about $100 and you could sort of drink your way around the world. Oh, I like your thinking. I'd pay $100 for an unlimited cup around Epcot. Definitely. <laughs> I can make use of that. Yeah. Fair I'd share one. $50 boys. each. We get our money's worth. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Well, they used to have a cranberry bog during Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> a cranberry bog, yeah. During Food and Wine Festival. And they did find people in there who drunk too much and had fallen in the cranberry bog. <laughs> Just to make oh, it clear, when well, you say bog... What planet are you on? <laughs> Seriously. You mean a, a, like a, a lake full of cranberries? <laughs> Basically, not, a small lake full of cranberries. Not that sort of bog. Yes. Like a bog that you get peach like a from. Cranberry harvest peach bog. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yes. I've never heard of that at Food and Wine. Yeah. Yeah, they had it Food and Wine and people fell in it drunk. <laughs> there are worse ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on, shall what? we? Becca, what's your <laughs> Um, my pet peeve might be seen as a bit of a controversial one. Wearing ponchos on water rides. Ooh. What is the point of going on a water ride and wearing a poncho? Surely the whole point is to get wet. I can get a poncho if it's raining. I can get a poncho, I suppose, if you're in England on a water ride. Or at the same time, again, trying to get wet, surely, you're going on a water ride. And okay. you are someone that doesn't like to get wet or you're with a child that screams when they're getting wet. Why are you dragging them on this ride in the first place? Because it's fun. No, it's no I'm with Becca. I actually, I actually don't like water rides. They're not my thing. 
so log flumes, Carly River Rapids, that sort of thing. I really don't like them. Is it because I can't be on splash. <laughs> Traumatized for life. No, um, I, it's, do you know what? There's so many reasons. I'm not even going to go into them. So I just don't go on them. Rather than being ridiculous in a poncho, I just don't go on them. So. I think that it's okay to wear a poncho if you want to. Because maybe you want to experience the ride, but you don't want to get as wet as you would without one. I go somewhere in the middle. I basically wrap a a poncho or waterproof jacket around my midriff because I don't like having a wet bottom getting off the ride. I don't like getting wet if I've got a wet t-shirt or wet legs, but having a wet boxer shorts around the it's just Too not much good. So information, just, Lloyd. Yeah, but just protect protecting the midriff. Right, we get it. My, protect protect my comfortability. But let's experience the ride. I'm just being honest and transparent. Very protects your yes beauty. exactly yeah do you have the same issue with me with and, and apologies if this isn't the case do you have the same issue as me with frizzy hair issues if it gets wet i, I do yes. yes that is why i don't like water rides yes um my hair gets super messed up yeah. <laughs> and it just i mean i'm not a big person who's like i need to look great in the theme park or whatever but like my hair gets so messed up. <laughs> yeah. You see, and that's why Ben and Lloyd don't understand what I'm saying. They don't get it. I think with ponchos, it's the choice, isn't it? It's all. We've all been there when you've seen like there's only one person on, on I don't know Popeyes barges, and it is just one person sitting on a poncho, and they just sort of smile at everyone because everyone else is getting wet. Wouldn't wear one, but that's just a personal thing. They're also really uncomfortable and expensive. Take a spare shirt. Yeah. yeah. So Change it. Wrap. Take something. You can wrap around your midriff. That's waterproof. That's my little bit of advice. <laughs> Bin bag. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do yeah. that. Bin bag will work. Ended in um... just wear swim shorts and like a thin t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. You dry quickly enough in Florida as it is. Yeah. Bin bags were recommended by Brick Guide at one point. Brick Guide used to recommend putting a bin bag on you. <laughs> well, they are cheaper than ponchos. They are, yeah. Oh, there's and quite a lot that's cheaper than ponchos. <laughs> they're saying that not many of them just say Disneyland Paris or Disneyland Florida or Disney World Florida. Disneyland Florida. <laughs> Sorry, that's my next step. So next, moving on, have Peter. Right, my pet peeve is the monorail, not the monorail itself. That's fine. It, it, it's a fairly reasonable way of getting around. But last time we went, we got on at the Magic Kingdom station and stopped four or five times before we got to Contemporary. Four or five times. Now, there aren't many cars on the monorail. But we just literally went 100 metres and stopped. Another 100 metres and stopped. It did make it interesting to hear things because we did hear this family next to us who the mother said, no, you are not going to get any chocolate milk. No. You cannot touch people's armpits. They don't like it. 
We'll be next to you, Peter. Our pet would be touching. That's a massive coincidence if we were next to you on that monorail journey. <laughs> so yes, there is a kind of advice you can hear some funny things, but really four times. I'm sure that if you did a full circle, like we have done, it would just take you hours. Would you press be stuck on it four, or stopping four times, or would you rather be on the one where the door falls off? <laughs> is that the choice? That's your choice. It goes slow enough that it sort of you stop and it stays intact, or it goes faster but it falls apart. If it's if it's getting falls me apart, to if it's getting me where I want to go, I'll hang on to something. <laughs> or I don't get How do you feel about that, Jill? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think about that, Jill? Indeed. <laughs> well, it's just, you, you hear all this stuff about the monorail and how magical it is and how wonderful it is. And yeah, it's great. It's nice. It's something that isn't in many other places. But it felt like being on the tube a lot of the time <laughs> because you just spent half the time stopping for no apparent reason and yeah it oh, just wow. didn't get you as quickly to places as, as we thought it was going to i've had any issues with the monorail ever it does have a tendency to stop quite a bit between magic kingdom and contemporary the only good time for it to stop is when the fireworks are going off <laughs> yeah yeah okay okay yeah i'll go with that anyway photos though because you get the glare of the monorail mm. That's my pet peeve, anyway. Okay, and next we have Ben. Okay, so um, my pet peeve <laughs> is a controversial one, and one I've already mentioned. Um, so when people are planning their trip and they tell you where they're going, and they go to what was it, Disneyland, Florida, and there's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit inside of me that just sort of please someone I don't want to be the one to correct them and put and put them right because booking a holiday and they go to a travel agent and they want to say they go to Disney Disneyland Florida or I don't know Disney California they can just get it right I just don't know I just I'm I know just, Ben you're right how can people just not get it right Ben <laughs> it's, not, it's, like, it's like me isn't it <laughs> to be honest with you I'm completely in agreement it drives me insane. And yeah. I every inch of my being is going, You're wrong Yeah. But actually, um, I don't say it. My six year old daughter does, she corrects them. <laughs> because at six it's okay to do that. Yeah. So it, it, it's a running joke in my office that um they'll occasionally just wind me up by saying it and so when are you go to Disneyland, Florida next. <laughs> how, how, how does this sit with you then ben how's this sit with you when i say mgm studios because that's oh, still that. recent with me I, I i don't mind that because i know it was that's okay mgm before yeah. it was and i've got my pin my mgm studios pin which i love and i still MGM, call it that to the day epcot center that's all okay yeah 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 they were called that at one point yeah i think the thing is it's yeah. you put everyone puts effort into booking a holiday and it's like i'm gonna say i'm going to France, but I'm actually going to Spain. It's just two different places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Like, but and you hate to be that Disney that's like, well, by the way, <laughs> but like, it's Disneyland so is in California, California, and in Orlando, you'll find it's Disney World. It's actually Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the next thing you, you've been, you know. It's like when people say they're going to Disneyland and they say, "Oh, I'm going to go and do like Pandora 
Or what, what's the other one? Yeah, they're in like Animal Kingdom, and they say tomorrow I'm going to Walt Disney World, but they just mean Magic Kingdom. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you're giving me hives. Like, anxiety <laughs> <laughs> right now. It's like, it's, it's the horrible. other one is when they say when they're in Walt Disney World and they're looking for Harry Potter. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, don't even. That is not as bad though as the guy no. I met in Disneyland Paris. Yes. I got chatting to this guy, and he was on a trip, and he'd taken a load of kids, and his friend had told him to download the app before he went, and he was getting a bit confused because he wasn't finding it that useful. So he got his phone out, and he showed me the app, and he got the app from Walt Disney World. <laughs> and you just have to wonder how long it would have taken him before he realised that Animal Kingdom wasn't there. And <laughs> Epcot didn't seem to be anywhere around. Well, right, kids, back to the, back to the airport. <laughs> Is that your friend, Ben? <laughs> waiting to see if they try and do a water park. So where's Typhoon Lagoon? Yeah. I understand your pet peeve, Em, but at the same time, I think some people getting into, you know, starting to get into things might not know things. Like mm. I realised today, I don't know what a meme is. I heard it referenced a lot recently. Look at Sammy, the youngest one on the podcast. Look at me. Look at guilty <laughs> yes. Seriously? What's a meme? I don't know. I, I seriously don't know what a meme is. Oh, we haven't got enough time to go into that. <laughs> right. I'll have to Google it later. Peter, do you know what a meme is? Yes. And I'm 52. So, yeah. Exactly. That puts you to shame, Lloyd. Well, maybe I'm just into cooler things than internet. <laughs> if you were into cooler things, you'd be down with the kids and know what a meme is. I know, I know who Stormzy is. Um, only recently, though. <laughs> Great. Love that. Love that for you, Lloyd. If someone says Disneyland Orlando, I just say, what Disney World? And just leave it at that. Mm. Yeah. Just like say it at them, just make a statement. Okay, Lloyd, now it's your turn. What's your pet peeve? My pet peeve is it's those moments when the magic just kind of disappears for a fleeting moment. And it's, I need to take about 50% responsibility for this because it's when it happens in my head and half it's due to the cast member. I'll, get, I'll give you a couple of examples. It's We jumped on Jungle River Cruise, last cruise in the night, and... The river captains are very dry or they're a little bit sarcastic and it all fits into their script of bringing out the comedic value. And I jumped on this last one of the night and it was just awful. It was not dry in the sense of creating any humour. It was just dry in the sense of she wanted to finish the cruise and get home. And all of a sudden... I was brought from, well, I didn't actually feel like I was in the mighty Amazon. I, I wasn't, you know, that much in the moment, but I was brought from this sense of being in this magical place, Disney World, to just being on any sort of ride in any sort of theme park in the world. And it kind of brought me down to planet Earth with a crash. And it actually took me a little bit of a while to snap out of that and start to levitate again back to feeling the magic of being in, in Disney. And it's only happened a few times, but it's kind of one of my little things where a cast member doesn't quite, uh, they don't have to be amazing, but they have to at least, I, I think, be on a certain certain level where they can at least get you to a certain point. And my second example was I, I've 
talked about this before where I met Chewy and I was in the queue and I already felt a bit weird because I was on my own just as a like a 30 what was that time a 38 year old man on his own in the queue to meet Chewy because Emma took Brody to uh, Disney Playhouse and I had these things in my head I was going to say and I was all excited and I was going to say I was going to go in I was going to say oh I'm really sorry what happened to Han and and he was going to we have this emotional hug moment and stuff and I went in and yeah this amazing chewy sort of real thing there and then turned around looked at me shook my hand which is not what chewy would do really shake my hand immediately turned 90 degrees to the camera for photo pass so I turned 90 degrees as well and I was suddenly all aware that or very very aware that there was a guy in a suit next to me and obviously I knew that anyway <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh it just it brought me back to planet earth with a crash again and then I just felt awkward for 30 seconds because he'd face the camera he wouldn't look at me <laughs> which is it was it was just kind of strange and then turned to me 30 seconds later again 90 degrees shook my hand again and it it just felt very um just very fake and I I know that's what some like sort of skeptics say, say about Disney anyway but it just it didn't feel like meat and chewy which is what I wanted and I was ha- happy to buy into that as someone who knows that universe doesn't exist, but I was happy to buy into it and it just didn't happen. And so I guess that's my pet peeve. I wonder if any of you guys have ever felt that same thing again, where either it's maybe a cast member not performing as they should, or, or maybe it's just you, your brain's clicked in and gone, do you know what? I'm not in, you know, Pandora. I'm sitting on a ride and we're going home tomorrow. When's, you know, your brain's got the better of you somehow. I agree with Chewie. There's something just completely different interaction than a lot of other characters. Where then Kylo Ren, also when you see Mickey, Minnie, there's just something different. You go see Chewie and yeah, just tries to shake your hand and that's it. And there's your photo and it just, it happens so quickly. You just, oh, it's over as well. Where most other sort of character um, meet and greets is some sort of interaction. Yeah. Chewy, they just it didn't feel like there was any magic. That's weird because I also had like a not amazing meet with Chewy as well. That's so strange. And that should be a, a great one because he looks just yeah. like his. It's not as if it's someone in a, a random suit. It's it's a Chewy sort of screen accurate suit. It, it's Chewbacca for you know. There, it's, it's it's a really, it's a funny one, and I felt really weird coming out of that. Going well, I was so excited about it, and now I felt like. Just a bit odd, and yeah, yeah. I think I think we also put a lot of expectation on Disney and meet and greets and just kind of the magic as a whole as well. I think yeah. there's a lot of pressure. I guess it's so weird to say that, but I think you know we we've been so much and we kind of we hype it up in our minds, and then when it's not what we expect, um, I think it just makes us like you said come crashing down a bit and I think it's kind of I think it's unfair because I mean cast members and characters can have bad days too and yeah um, exactly and stuff you know I think there's just a lot of expectation on it which is but for for three of us to have the same experience means that they haven't designed it well enough and it all comes down Disney's all about design and preempting things and for all of us have the same experience 
for a character that can't speak, they need to make sure body language, actions, interaction is spot on. And that's something they haven't hit there. Yeah. Um, and they really should have done that. You know, half of it's me. I've gone in there thinking, I've, I've bought into it. I'm going to meet Chewie. I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Han got killed by his son. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen um, <laughs> uh, The Force Awakens. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and it didn't happen that way. And there wasn't yeah. many reasons why it shouldn't have happened that way. It should have done. It should have been a hug from Chewie and then a nod and done. But yeah, so th- that's my pet peeve, really. It's, that's a proper a strong example, but it's just when probably us a little bit as well, sometimes without ourselves yeah. slip from it because um, we've got too high expectations, and you just said, Sammy. But the other half is cast members maybe not, you know, they don't have to exceed our expectations, but just not hitting the minimum benchmark with what they're supposed to do in the design. Better, um, I found that BB-8 was better interaction. I know it's a robot and it's all like, sort of feel like pre-planned, but felt more interactive than Chewie. Yeah. Yeah, that, and, that's why I, I regret I didn't, I, I regret I didn't meet BB-8. Because yeah. it would have been, you know, just positive little chirps and, you know, and it wouldn't have been that weird sort of just interaction that just didn't yeah. work. The best Star Wars interaction we've ever had has been from Stormtroopers roaming the park when they're like, ask for yeah. your ID and just tell yeah. to move along. That's that's something I don't I don't know. Is it, So they've got these, the old pre-programmed command or pre-programmed little sentences in there. They're... A few of them P, are, but uh, what, uh, they're trying to fit into the situation. Um, Stormtroopers, I think, I think they're, they're actors in a costume. With a voice. Um, but they have a voice. Can they just yeah. speak? It, it all, for the, the videos I've seen of Galaxy's Edge, it all seems like they make the sentences, the pre-recorded sentences, fit the situation. I think it, doesn't, it might, never seems to seem that free-flowing. I don't know, I might be completely off it. I think you might be right with Galaxy's Edge. I think there's a lot of storyline going on that they're trying to keep everything so at the minute there's not right much creative that they can change or that they that they have much improvisation where with stormtroopers going around it's sort of they will pick on people's t-shirts they will pick up certain things and interactions and i think that's what makes the difference well as luck would have it we've got a waffler going to disney um in a few days so our investigative investigative journalist uh, Claire can find mm-hmm. out the answer for us. Possibly so. So next and last uh, is Claire. Claire, what's your pet peeve? So I do have a few, but at the top of my list, uh, and this isn't confined just to Disney World. This is um, uh, a Florida thing and possibly an American thing. Um, and my peeve is about portion size and food waste and I have a real issue with the fact that the meals are so ridiculously enormous because no one can eat that much Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just think it it is a fairly uh, ridiculous amount of food to put in front of one person so um, that is I think I just I just find that the food obviously is quite cheap to produce and people will order a meal each. And I know for, from our perspective, we do that and we send half of it back and it goes in the bin. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, portion size 
is something it gets my goat. Yeah, you're Luke. You're Susan Claire, so why didn't you do one between two? We never think of doing that. Do you know what? It's because we never want the same thing. So I always think, absolutely, we're going to share a meal. We're going to get. We do sometimes do it in quick service, um, but uh, when we sit down at a table service restaurant, we very rarely want the same thing. Yeah, no. when you're table service, you want to do your own thing, don't you? This but... is it. I think it's it. And then yeah. table service Sharing restaurant to split meals unless you've got a little little one but even with a small child you know even with Millie with us you know she wants her own meal and none of us really agree on what we want if we were going to share so it it just seems crazy the amount of food that's piled on a plate definitely depends um like where you are because like I don't think the counter service meals are that crazy but um the if I (laughs) I'm going to mention nuggets, guys, just a uh, shocker. Run away. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the nuggets that chicken they, get, they nuggets. give you, <laughs> the chicken nuggets they give you are massive. And yeah, there's and eight of them. Even the, the counter service meals do eight nuggets and they're massive nuggets. And even I can't eat eight of those. It's crazy. Like, it is a lot of food sometimes. I have to say, the more you pay, the less you get. That's the principle for practically everywhere. <laughs> Going to a, a, a really expensive signature, the portions are smaller than a normal sit-down. Yep, yeah. agreed, Peter. And actually, the number of times we've been to a signature and we've gone, oh my goodness, this doesn't look like a lot of food. That may just be in comparison to everything else we've been eating. But actually, yeah. by the time you get to the end of the meal, you go, I'm full. I haven't eaten, overeaten. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I'm not hungry. Yeah. They've just got it right. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something around paying more for less, which mm-hmm. sounds a bit bad. Yes, more um, for a correct portion size. Maybe. Yeah. But, you know, the amount, you know, just like the nuggets and fries, Columbia Harbour House, eight nuggets and like a number of fries that would sink the Titanic. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I agree that we could always use more fries. Like, um, I just afterwards as well. Like, you're yeah. just like you're trying to walk around and you're just like, ugh. So no. Yeah. Just um, to put this into perspective for our listeners, uh, Sam is currently over the Atlantic in a plane flying to uh, Columbia Harbour House <laughs> for uh, nuggets and fries. Just to double check that they're still really big and it's too much food. So we- I'm going to jump in with my second one. Sorry. And Ooh. I hope you're no 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 no. Claire the cheat, bend the rules. <laughs> you know oh, I really hope, hope there's no teachers listening. I hope you're all gonna agree with me though on this. I'm hoping I'm speaking as a collective. Um <laughs> and this might be the British bit in me, but the thing that really annoys me is rudeness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just goes without saying, doesn't it? Really? Well, you would think so, but uh, clearly in Walt Disney World or Disneyland Paris or Disneyland California or any of the parks, that is not the case. So people who think it's okay to have a go at a cast member or push in front of a small child when they're watching the parade or um, walk up to a bar and go, I'll get a beer. Since when was please and thank you not a thing? Um and I worry that that might just be me being very, very British, and that's the oh, things that we do. But I, I think that it annoys everyone British here. Is guilty of it yeah. as well. 
Yeah, and I end up sitting at, you know, if we're at the bar and someone goes, uh, I'll get a beer, I'll sit there going, please, quite loudly. <laughs> or just people that um, force their way through crowds with strollers. Yep. That, that's the biggest it's one. And I, I think just it does my head in. There's no need. How many times has my foot has like, been run over? Or... Man, sometimes it's an ego. He's going to blow. And you just run through the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> To get to the front and go, oh, false alarm. Yeah. False I've, never alarm. Done that. I'd never do that. That's a joke. We're going to watch out for you, Lloyd. <laughs> I yeah, never, that's a joke. I am very courteous. I have to say, though, when you do meet someone who has amazing manners, it is the American manners are incredible. When you, we, we once met this teenage girl uh, who was behind us in the queue and Obviously, her parents had just got ahead of us, and she turned to me and she said, "Excuse me, ma'am, could I get past to be with my mother?" And oh. she was like, 13? And I'm thinking, how many 13-year-old girls in Britain would address me like that?" But yeah, I, and she, so that she, I she duped you that. to get in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she still getting away. That was even her mother. <laughs> yeah. But no, I thought it was just so sweet. Yeah, yeah so lovely. Yeah, nice. You fell yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. She did it to another 50 people in that line. Yeah. <laughs> it was figment. It was all the show and the rode Big Thunder Mountain three times. <laughs> you know what? She at least had the courtesy to ask. She yeah. didn't yeah. push through. Yeah. And this is it. Rudeness is just yeah. not needed. <laughs> Next up, we've got the Mecky Mansion. First up for a Mickey mention, we have the hostess with the mostess, our very own Sammy. She's jetting off on the 17th of September with BA, hopefully, though let's keep our fingers crossed for no strikes, to Orlando. Now, this is a weird one, because not only is she not going, is she only going for one week, she's also not going to Disney. Hmm. Oh, the horror. Speaking of horror, the main reason she's going on a trip is to attend the Halloween Horror Night with Universal with her YouTuber pal, Disco Liz. You never know, though. Another waffler might also be joining in on the fun. You can follow her along with her antics on her Instagram page at SamanthaMac92. She'll also be taking over the Great British Mickey Waffle Instagram page to share some highlights. We hope you have a fab time, even though it sounds ridiculously scary. Uh, for your week away at the Cabana Bay Resort, Sam. The next Mickey mention is <coughs> from Fiona. She is Fiona88 on the dib. And she has said, I'd love a Mickey mention for September's show, please. I'm off on a California road trip with my partner. We'll be taking in San Francisco, Yosemite, Monterey, LA, and of course, Disneyland, Orlando, no, Disneyland, California. We're off mid-September, so we'll have time to listen to the show before heading off. Maybe I'll even hang on until the flight, but probably not. I'll try and do a trip report for those that are interested, and at least a highs and lows report. Have a good time, Fiona. Okay, and I've got one as well. 
Another one of our wafflers is heading off to Florida in September, and that is Lloyd and his family. They're staying at Cabana Bay Resort, and let's hope he doesn't get too scared when attending Halloween Horror Nights. We wish you all a fabulous trip. Have a scary time, Lloyd. <laughs> so our final quickie mention of the evening is for our wafflers Jill and Peter, who are off to Disneyland Paris on the 12th of September for three nights at the Hotel Ibis Val d'Europe to grab some annual passes and enjoy the Lion King and Jungle Festival. <laughs> they might even find out the proper name for it. And you can send us a Mickey mention if you'd like a shout out on the show for whatever reason, a special occasion, a birthday, a trip away, anything. Just email us at themickeywaffle at gmail.com. And that's our fourth episode, folks. I think I speak for all of us when I say we're having an absolute blast doing this and extremely appreciate everyone who's joining along with us on our podcast journey. We would love to hear from the listeners, whether it be on the Deb or via our social media. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at GB Mickey Waffle. So thanks everyone for listening and waffle on, guys. Waffle on. Waffle on. Waffle on.